ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another edition of Adventures in Careerland. Hello, everyone. I'm your co. I'm your host. I'm going to say co-host because we're working with so many students in this program, but it's Adriano Magnifico back here, and I'm the career lead at the Louis Riel Arts and Technology Center. I do things, everything related to career with students in this building, in the Arts and Technology Center. That's an applied learning and apprenticeship training space. Really cool space, it's for high school students, it's for post-secondary students, many international students, especially in the evening. And uh, we have some very cool programs here, 13 applied learning, programs. One of these cool programs is called the Broadcast Media Program and I am the beneficiary of all its gems, skill sets, students and possibilities because we're sitting in the podcast studio center in the broadcast media classroom and I'm working with some broadcast media students. I'm forever grateful for these wonderful students and we change them every year and we have a new, a new batch of students working with us. So we have some people in the control room being producer. Phoenix, thanks for doing this. We have someone who's still ill, Geneva, but she will be back. Had her tonsils out. What a terrible thing. Had that out, and she'll be speaking up soon. And we have two wonderful, wonderful co-hosts. That's where I get a little mixed up with the co-hosts. My friendly student co-host. And they're starting out this year. We've done a couple of them. And uh, this is number three. We're in season six, of course. This is number three, and this is number 64 in the giant continuum of all these stories. We call this Adventures in Career Land because it, we think career is an adventure. We think your life path is, is an adventure. We think it's a space where you've got to make a lot of decisions, and it's hard to see the future. So how you make the call is based on a lot of factors that kind of meander into your life. And we can't quite get it right, and sometimes we get it just right. We have a couple of students whom I believe are getting it right. All right, and I'm gonna introduce you to Caden Seidler. How are you, Caden? Hi there, I'm good, how are you? All right, so Caden, you're in the broadcast media program. Yeah. What's been your day like so far? Pretty good. Um... I was expecting it to be a little colder, so it's it's good today. Uh, still getting used to my, still getting used to waking up uh, after spring break. So I like that. I, again, yeah. this this lad's got the Indiana Jones voice, just <laughs> quiet, laconic, says what he needs to. Maybe I went to see John Wick. Have you? Seen, are you watching the John Wick movies? I, I haven't seen the new one. No. I saw John Wick four. I, I I was counting the body count. I, I actually I'm one of these idiots who says how many guys has Wick actually shot and killed in this? And about halfway through he was up to about a hundred, but then you lose track because you're eating popcorn, you're having a drink, and you kind of forget. But I love the John Wick movies; they're awful, awful in a good way, I think. And we have our other co-host, Caitlin Middlestad. How are you, Caitlin? I'm good. You're always good. You guys are good. So what, what what have you been up to, Caitlin? We just came off spring break, and we're about to have a blizzard. What's going on in your brain? Sadness. <laughs> I don't want more snow. You know what? I'm just, spring. again, I look at some of these some of these horrific weather events in the United States. Mm-hmm. Entire small towns being destroyed. I'll take the snow any day. You just, need, you just need a good pair of snow tires. That's and true. your business, right? Mm-hmm. So, hey, we we take our blessings where we can. I, I think we're getting a little <laughs> snow tomorrow. And, of course, we're getting the snow. I want to ask you a couple of questions. We're getting snow. For me, when I, I'm, an, I'm an old English teacher, career development person, but an old English teacher. Whenever it was a snowfall like this, I get my students to write poetry. So I think it's time. <laughs> tomorrow, I think we sit down, we write a little poetry. What do you say? Sure. sure. Oh yeah! Look at these guys. <laughs> I hope we. I hope we don't run into my go tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. It's very good. And of course, I'm all about the English experience. I was connected to university and deeper and a more academic thinking because I had a great English teacher in high school, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Axworthy, at Nelson McIntyre Collegiate way back in the in the twenties, and. She really turned me on to literature. I want to ask you guys, what do you think? How was English class in your life? You're, you're a high school student. You're out of it. Caitlin, you're out of it. 
or Caden, Caitlin. Caden, <laughs> you're out of it. Caitlin, you're still kind of in it, right? Yeah. Okay. Caden, how, how, how has been your English class experience? Are you turned on to English? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I never had trouble, but I always found it pretty... I, I like writing more now, but I always used to find it a little boring, but... Um, no, I mean... Uh, I, I Do you like be, to I, read? Do you like to read? Read? Uh, I don't read a lot, but I... I I do like it, but I, I haven't read a book probably in about a year, so it's not... Uh, how, how inspiring. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Caitlin, you got to save us here. I love English class. Where'd it go, Caitlin? <laughs> it's Why? probably my favorite. Why? Um, I enjoy writing. I actually like writing essays whenever they just sign an essay. I'm like, yay! Um, I don't like poetry, though. Why? It's, it's the great... It's too, like... I don't know. There's nothing more powerful. It's like a stretch. There's nothing with... I like that idea. I love what you said. It's a stretch. It is a stretch because mm -hmm. poems resonate with meaning. Yeah. There's always a residual mystery to a poem. That's what I love about it. Mm -hmm. Where you're trying to write in an expository way, you're saying exactly what you mean, you're being as blunt as you can. Yeah. Poetry doesn't do that. Poetry wants you to go off... Like Emily Dickinson said, a book is like a frigate. Take you off on a journey somewhere. A frigate's a boat, everybody. Okay. <laughs> it takes you off on a journey. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's pretty cool. So English, I'm glad English. And now you're in the broadcast media. You have to write yeah. things. You're yeah. a copywriter here. Yeah. So how do you feel it's about that? Better. I'm getting better. Than, uh, I like it more than I used to because it's a little more interesting. So. All right. Yeah. And you bring your English skills from your, your classes in school to this program? Yeah, I think so. How it so? Helps. How so? Um, when we write like scripts for the radio and stuff, of course, I feel like it helps a bit. Of course, and you have to understand all that academic programming is beating you into a reader and a thinker mm -hmm. and a speaker and a presenter. Yeah, and we're, I'm the beneficiary of it right now. We're going to continue to hone your skills here. So I love it. We have kind of English students here, and for me, it was a massive inspiration. I asked that question because. We have a special guest today. This is our first outside guest. We've been interviewing you two, and it's it, while it's been interesting, now it's really going to get interesting, okay? <laughs> we have a special guest today who is a former student of mine from the 80s. That's a long time ago. You guys weren't an, even a glint in somebody's eye. You weren't <laughs> even a possibility. But now we have a special guest, and we have someone who is in your industry, in your chosen educational path. She's been doing it for a while, and uh, she's got a lot of insight, and I just think she's a real special person. It's always been my privilege to know her. This is Karen Rosnick, and she is our guest today, and she is working currently with The Daily Blast Live as a senior producer in Denver, Colorado, but right now she's in Ottawa. So Karen, how are you? Hey, everyone. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, what a pleasure to have you on. And you're in Ottawa, but you're normally in Denver. So what are you doing in Ottawa? Well, I'm visiting my sister and uh, her family. Yeah, she's got two kids. I've got a niece and a nephew here in Ottawa. And uh, my brother-in-law, Pete, my sister, Andy. So, yeah, we're all hunkering down in Ottawa. Now, you were one of those kids in school. I remember you in my class way back when at St. Boniface uh -oh. Diocesan High School. We always called uh -oh. it the Die High. And we chatted yesterday. <laughs> Um, that you always thought you, you thought that was an odd thing to call it, but in those days we just called it the die high, and uh, I think it had something to do with its religious affiliation. I don't know, the die high, or just what happened to students when they went there. I I, I don't know what why we called it that. Just just a quick a quick expression for it. Uh, but you were an English student. I remember you sitting in the front row. What I remember immediately about you, Karen, is you sat in the front row right in front of me. So were you one of those students when you were in grade 9, 10, 11, 12 who liked to sit in the front row? No. You were right there. <laughs> Do you remember you sat in the front row of my class? I don't. I remember it exactly. You're right in front of me. I, I don't remember that. I do remember that I was a little bit of a class clown. I don't know if you remember that, but I tried to... Uh, you know, kind of one-up the teacher a lot. Um, I, I always thought I sat in the back, but maybe that was other classes. No, I really I, liked English, and I, I liked your, your classes. They were always fun, and 
we always have to write so much poetry on snow days. I love that. I know. Eh? Like, that's where... Now, how did you get turned on to English? Why did you get turned on to English, though? Like, some people have a special... I, I don't yeah, know. Kind I, of little okay, connection to, to it. Caden, I'm with you. I'm not a big reader. That was probably my least favorite part was, you know, having to, you know, pour through a book. But once I got into it, I got transported into different worlds. And I always liked... Um, kind of taking a novel and uh, making it, you know, we, we would reenact things. We did a lot of drama in your class, I remember, like presentations. So I liked that aspect, which is why I think I went into broadcast media, because I like telling stories. Um, but I liked the idea of it just, you know, learning about different places, different, you know, different people, different ways of thinking. So it was always a fun class for me. Well, you you left the diocesan high school and then you went to Miles Mac about halfway yeah. through and you completed Miles McIntyre. That's in East Kildonan. Um, I taught at River East Collegiate for a lot of years. They were a big rival in those days. In fact, you were probably... Yes. I, I probably passed you in the hallways because I used to be the basketball coach at River, one of the basketball coaches at River East. We played at Miles Mac. You might have been in the crowd there. It might have been... Cause that Maybe, was, That yeah. was back in the day there. Back and, in the day. Uh, yeah, back in the day. And... You left that and you made a call. It's interesting. You talked to me about your mom yesterday and she is an American, you said. Yes. So did, was that interesting, having an American mom? What kind of, was it different than other parents or it was just parents a parent? Well, parents are parent, but my mom was a very proud American. She was born and raised in the Bronx in New York City. Whoa. And yeah, she's from the Bronx. Um, and met my dad because she went to school in Canada and then ended up at the University of Manitoba. And that and she met my dad on a ski trip in Banff, of all things. And so uh, ended up becoming a Winnipegger. But growing up with a mom who's such a proud American, like we had American flags in the house. We celebrated the 4th of July. We still, we, my mom does two Thanksgivings, the Canadian Thanksgiving in October and then American Thanksgiving in November. So I always had a sense of like, you know, the United States being home for my mom um, and just that proud sense of being American. Now, I was growing up, though, I was a little more critical of some of the United States's uh, policies or just presidents. And my mom would be like, don't you be talking about that? You know, she would <laughs> kind of scold me. And I'd be like, come on, you, America's all about independent thinking and you can... But she, she didn't like anybody kind of, you know, um, saying anything bad about her hometown. It's like it's like Winnipeg. Like people from Winnipeg can criticize Winnipeg. But if you're from outside of Winnipeg and you yes. are dissing my city. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you a lot of people home. leave. And it's funny. A lot of people leave um, to Vancouver, to Calgary. We lose them to uh, Toronto. We lose a lot of talent all the time. Winnipeg is a net migration of some of our middle classes. That's that's a deficit migration. It's we lose some of our best middle class people to these other centers simply because we can't offer some of those job opportunities, right? I mean, you yeah. you've been in that boat where um, you've you've worked in this in this city and you've been in some of the big cities. What are job mm -hmm. opportunities like in Winnipeg compared to the other spaces you've been into? Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity in Winnipeg, especially in broadcast. A lot of people from other cities come to Winnipeg because it's kind of that middle market. Uh, but there's, you know, there's so much opportunity here. Uh, a lot of people come to Winnipeg and stay. I was one of those people that left, but then I came back to my hometown and got a job with CBC radio and television. And I ended up staying for eight years because I actually liked reporting here. I actually liked the people and I got sucked back into Winnipeg and it's, you know, cold. It's a cold city with a warm heart. Oh, yeah. You should, you should be writing Hallmark cards or something. Warm city with a warm, cold city with a warm heart. Yeah. My mom would have expressions like that. Cold hands, warm heart or something. I say, where'd you get that mom? I don't know. She, she'd have expressions like that all the time. Uh, so, hey, so you've, but you haven't spent time in Winnipeg. You've had a bit of what, what I liked about your story. We chatted yesterday. 
was this meandering kind of jumbled life path you've had. You started out going to the University of Winnipeg, right? And, yeah. And pursuing a degree in English. Did you have any idea you'd be in a broadcast media context when you left high school? Yes. So you were thinking that way all the time. So how did high school prepare you for that? Or was it the English piece and the writing and the communication pieces involved? No, I honestly, I think it was uh, my love of performing in a way, even though I wasn't like a theater person. I, I always loved getting up in front of a class and doing a Shakespeare soliloquy or like, you know, doing something fun um, and reenacting Saturday Night Live skits and making them relate to Shakespeare like it was always that was my joy and so I always kind of knew I'm, I'm not really a newspaper magazine person I'm probably more of a broadcast journalist so yeah I I mean that's sort of the rough way it prepared me but I always had it in my head that I wanted to be on TV or be in a you know be on the radio yes so yes oh, oh that's pretty cool anyway it was more limited in those days today you can be almost anything in this Industry. You can do it from your basement, like, yes. and you do, like, a lot of people during the pandemic were, were doing podcasts, recording videos, and doing, you know, um, broadcast television, anchoring even from their homes, so. Well, we saw the, it, the late night shows, right? Colbert and yeah. Fallon. These are, Anybody and, uh, can do this now. Yeah, Kimmel, they were all doing it from their houses, from their basements, from, or they'd walk into the studio, there'd be one guy... It was funny how they'd all dress too. They dressed like they're all disheveled. Their hair was long, like, <laughs> like so. No one you could give you a haircut. It. Like I never understood this about the whole COVID thing. I can never get a haircut, or I can never dress normally again. I never understood that about COVID. Why can't you? I don't get it. Anyway, so hey, you're trying UW. You're going like you're going into English class though. Did you ever look around? You want to be an English major? Did you ever look around and think, why didn't you go to? some of the broadcast media specialty spaces in Winnipeg. Yeah. Why did you choose to, I want to do English? Yeah, and, and there's a, a lot of options. Like in Winnipeg, you can go to Red River Community College, do their Cree-Com program, which is excellent. And a lot of people that I worked with at CBC, CTV, went to that program. I really just, I also loved English. I wanted a good foundation. And you were asking, um, Caitlin and Caden, like, about, you know, how it prepares you. Like, when you're writing a script for a newscast, there has to be a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, there should be, anyway. Or if you're writing a longer-form piece, like, for a documentary or just a current affairs piece, always beginning, middle, and end. And that's what essay writing taught me in university, like, when I was doing all my English courses and I had to write these essays or even in any, any class where you have to formulate an argument and then defend it and then come to a conclusion. That's what you do in broadcast writing. So it's not, I mean, sometimes it's oversimplified and you're just writing like 20 seconds of copy. But for the large part, like when I was, I wrote documentaries, I wrote long form, um, you know, pieces for radio and television. And you always have to have that kind of brain where you're, you're making decisions and you're formulating an argument so that's what my English degree taught me, and I think it transferred well into journalism, and so that's why I went that route. Hey, and that's, that's an important comment, because some people think sometimes when you go get an arts degree that it's kind of a useless degree to get, and I, I've never felt that way. I just felt like it was a space where you are really getting in touch with communicative abilities and skills and sensibilities in you and with other people because those arts want you to collaborate to think together to come up with yeah. ideas to problem solve all the time and I've always thought those with that degree simply don't know how to leverage it properly when they feel like it hasn't been worthwhile and I don't think the universities do a great job of helping you communicate how to leverage those degrees into great jobs yes that's so true. Yeah, yeah they don't. They, there's not a lot of uh, guidance when I was going to university on how you can funnel this degree or how what these skills can transfer into, what kind of careers or jobs. So that I don't know if that's changed, but well, I think it's slowly. I think there's more internships and more co-ops and, and more um, yeah. more 
more project-based learning is certainly in high school, but universities are slowly getting it, but there's still that academic piece where students go into, I mean, I, I was talking to a student who joined this program here last week and said, how's it going here? He's in the, um, he's in the electrical program, wants to be an electrician. And he went, hey, what's the big difference? He goes, well, in the other class back at school, I, I, the teacher talks and I take notes. Here, we take some notes and we go apply the notes immediately in a space with our hands. And he goes, I really like this. I'm, I'm beginning to understand that it's it, the knowledge, when a teacher doesn't apply that knowledge and you're just simply consuming it, that's not the kind of learner I am. I think there's a lot of learners out there like that. Yeah. Can I ask a question to your students? Yes. I wanted to know, Caden and Caitlin, why you guys are interested in broadcast media and what, what aspect of it do you guys like? Uh, I can go first. Uh, I like a lot of movies, uh, YouTube, stuff like that. I mean, uh, I'd say the seeing how things get filmed and how it gets turned into an actual uh, film, let's say like on a set, like all that stuff, how it's actually done is pretty cool. Um, I never used to be too comfortable talking or being on camera and stuff like that, but now it's being in this class has helped and it's actually pretty fun. And uh, yeah, I just didn't really, kind of was all over the place of what I wanted to get into in this course, but it's it's all pretty down my alley, so yeah. And uh, oh, <laughs> I've kind of always been into it. Um, I've always been into like video editing or photography and um, I really love movies, so I kind of wanted to like learn how to film to hopefully maybe do that one day. And I just wanted to learn more about like video editing and, you know, make my skills a little bit better. So I was, I joined broadcast media. Oh, that's awesome. That is so cool. And like with broadcast now, uh, most reporters now carry their own cameras, mm. do their own editing. And I have friends that started out as videographers working for local news and now work on film sets here in Winnipeg or you where you guys are in Winnipeg um, so there's definitely a transfer into film too if you start in broadcast you can uh, get into filmmaking there's a big industry in Manitoba so that's great you guys it seems like you guys have a better head on your shoulders than I did when I was in high school well, and I, I think in this day and age, you weren't as exposed to these kinds of programs in school, right? Like you were no. told university was the way to go and it was the only way to get a good paying job, right? I think that's shifting. And I think that's it even is. shifting in the US. What's your feeling? The US um, is often a little ahead of Canada usually when it comes to educational pieces and trends that seem to move. What are the trends that way in the US? Are they moving toward more applied learning, more apprenticeship learning? Or are they still, because you gotta pay a lot to go to, what does it cost? 80 grand to go to Notre Dame for a year? Are you people crazy down there? Oh, it's more than that. It's crazy. It's like 25, it's like $25,000 to go to an Ivy League school for a year. Oh, it's more than that. I, I'm talking 80 grand a year at Notre oh, Dame. Oh, 80 grand a year, yes. Yeah. I'm like- It's then, ridiculous. Like, Why would anyone- minimal, like a state school would be 25. Yes. Um, Cause that's what my boyfriend's uh, niece is going to a state school in California and there is $25,000. Yeah, that's crazy. You're a hundred grand that's in debt. a small state school. Yes. A year. <laughs> so <laughs> American too. So it's, I think, I think people have to like really understand. I don't think people just go to university just to find themselves unless their parents are so rich that they can just do that. I think you kind of have to go in with a plan. And I think a lot of people because of the student debt problem, because it's so expensive are looking at different pathways to education. Um, I mean, I was kind of half joking when I said skip school and just start a podcast in your basement and make a lot of money. Some people are doing that. Um, like, I'm not saying that's the plan or you should listen to me, but it's just a lot of people are kind of not thinking that university is going to solve all their problems. If, if they're paying 80 grand a year, it's going to just create more. So, yes. um, yeah, I think it, there is a shift. Um, and I think tech jobs, we've kind of seen a lot of bust with Google and Facebook. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just lucky to be employed right now. So I'm glad that knock on wood keeps up, but it's, it's kind of a volatile market out there. I, w I wouldn't even know where to begin if I was a 
student in the US, if I was like thinking of going to university, you'd really have to think hard about what you can afford, what you want to do. Is it going to be worth it? Is it going to pay off in the end? And that's that's what a lot of people think about in, in the US. It's like, what's my return on investment with university? Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answered anything, but. Oh, it answered everything. <laughs> Everything all over. Everything everywhere. Everything once. everywhere Everything all everywhere at once. once. That's I, how I, I watched that movie. I, some people don't like it. I, I love that movie. I thought it was crazy. Oh, it was great. I mean, it took me a while to get into it. I know. I, you um, almost have to watch it twice and, and yeah. stop at some point and, and go, yeah, yeah. You kind of have to submit to the, <laughs> to the uh, what do you call it? The multiverse. The multiverse. The surreal aspects of everything that are just kind of swirling around. It's amazing. The multiverse. That's what it is. I think... Uh, I think the multiverse may destroy movies one day that we have to slow down in the multiverse. I'm an old guy and I can't take it all in that class. I know. Even Spider-Man was killing me. I loved it. But all three Spider-Man on the same screen at the same time? Great. That but I thought, great. oh, come on. Guys. That was great. Just to submit to the multiverse. Just <laughs> Submit. Are you guys ready for the multiverse? Caden, are you multiverse? Uh, I think so. I think I'm ready. <laughs> I think I'm ready. I like that. I like it. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Are you ready for the multiverse, Caden? No. No. <laughs> Caitlin's got the great voice. It's, it's this combination of I'm sad and happy at the same time. I love her voice. It's fantastic. Uh, and it's, I tell you, that's a, you are box office. Both of you guys, you can have your own pod show. Get rid of that. Get go have your own pod show. You know, Indiana Jones and, uh, and Puppy Dog here. This is fantastic. <laughs> anyway. Hey, so you went and got, you got your English degree, right? Yeah. Yes. University of Winnipeg. St. Francis Xavier University is where I graduated from. But you started at UW, right? Right. And then you went, and your mom said, why don't you try that out? Did you have some relatives? Who had the relatives in Cape Breton? So I did. My mom, my mom's family is from Cape Breton. So my grandparents are from Cape Breton and cousins. So, and we have a cottage out there. So I've been going there since I was a kid and was very familiar with like the landscape of Nova Scotia. So... I got out of Winnipeg and went to St. Effects for three years. St. Effects, St. Fran Francis Xavier. No. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I did that. So that's where I graduated from. Yeah, you graduated from there, but then you, and you get, again, you got your English degree, right? So yeah. you're you're well versed in Milton, Robert Frost, oh, Dickens, Chaucer, <laughs> Shakespeare. Yeah. I know the be true and it was fun as the night the, the day. I did actually I did romanticism I did a lot of like I did American literature uh, rom the, I did the romantics I did Shelley and Keats and all oh, that I love those guys um, I did all the I, I needed the basis you got to get the basis of all the, the poets and all that and then yes. you can and then it, it's, it's weird though when you go get a when you deep dive into education to something like romanticism or the romantic poets for example you get to know them so well it's almost like you're t I took the walks I went to school in Britain for a bit and took the Wordsworth walks in the Lake District and nice. they're spectacular if you've never done that Karen oh my gosh it was spectacular and it's yeah. the the pastel skies and everything Wordsworth wrote about just kind of turned me on to this poet and I, I couldn't believe it you sit in his space yeah he sat here before I don't know how they knew that or this is the bed he slept in I went at Rydal Mount down there and it's this tourist center now but just amazing stuff really cool but that's a deep dive and of course I love what Karen Karen took the deep dive into literature is what I'm saying, like really getting to know something inside out, but then had to do the journalism thing and went. To yeah, I had to. I had to. I had to resurface and go, go into. I went into a journalism at University of King's College. It's a one-year, really comprehensive, hands-on program, which I loved. I. So was it like Precom, like, or what would be the difference? Why would you choose that over Precom? Oh, it was, it was exactly like Precom, and in a. It is scale. I mean, I think Crecon now is just a lot more, and I think a lot like your program is just a lot more technologically advanced. Like, but we did a radio show, we did a TV show, we put out an online uh, magazine newspaper, we did an actual community newspaper. So it was we were in the trenches. Like our classes were pretty much go out and find stories, and then come back, write them, edit them, cut them, shoot them, and broadcast them. So. That's what I did. It was an intensive, I think it was like nine or 10 month, 10th month pro program. So it was full on. It was, yeah, but it was great because um, I did, I did everything. I did everything from stand up TV, 
you know, broadcasting to writing newspapers and yeah. So, so this, totally hands-on. Program's totally hands-on. It's applying yeah. your knowledge and you're using all that English skill. Milton yeah. came in handy. Shakespeare Milton came in was handy. in my brain every day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who Milton was? I don't think you guys want to know. Don't no. tell me you had to read Finnegan's Wake. James oh, Joyce. Yes. Do you remember this? I had to read Ulysses. Well, Ulysses, at least you could kind of half understand. It's that Finnegan's Wake that killed me. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I'm still having nightmares on that book, okay? Anyway, good stuff. James Joyce. Um, hey, so now you come back from... You're in you're in Nova Scotia in Halifax at St. And you've got the, the ring, you said. Where's that ring? Show us the ring. Can you see the ring? Okay. Look at that. Can you guys see the ring? We're in a bit of a video here for these guys. <laughs> it's the ring. You get a special ring, just like Professor X from the X-Men. Yep. Are you guys with exactly. me? Okay. So she is, I don't, I'm not going to say Karen's a mutant, but uh, <laughs> maybe her mindset has that mutatin, mut, mutational quality where she sees beyond, deeper. Probably. She's telepathic like Professor X. Anyway, St. X gives you that. And different, when you connect to some of these organizations, faculties, ooh, that's high school. Okay. When you connect to different faculties sometime, my son was an engineer and he had to get this special ring. I don't know, the engineering ring for mechanical engineers or something. It was, yeah, it was, I know the ring, yeah. It was almost a, it was almost a ceremony shrouded in secrecy. I thought, what is this? I, I really thought it was kind of weird, but kind of cool. So you got your X ring. That's kind of cool. Now, what do you do when you leave St. Francis? Xavier. Well, I did the King. So I did St. Francis and then Kings, Kings the year right. after. So that takes me to now I'm in my fifth year of education. So I, after I, after I graduated Kings, I went to Calgary. Yeah. And what did you do in Calgary? Is that the CBC piece? That's yeah, it took me a while, but I, I got a job writing for this career kind of your area. I did like a, a youth employment magazine. It was an online magazine. This is back in the dark ages of online journalism. But I uh, wrote about different careers and um, made it like for young people. So like if you're getting into this career, this is what you do. This is where you go. And I talked to people in different yeah, in different careers. So I did that for a year, and then I um, found my way to CBC Radio, and it was a very. I was working at the YMCA on the side. And why? What were you the, doing at the Y? Yeah, the weird. Okay, this is a weird story. Just bear with me. I got a. I got so I got some like shifts at CBC, but was still working at the Y and this online magazine. Like I was doing all the jobs. And the head, like the, what do you call it, news director for CBC was a member of the Y. So she saw me working at the Y and was like, hey, didn't you work for us a, like a week ago? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you know what? We really liked you. You should come back. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, I think we have some shifts opening. So I got in with CBC because I worked at the Y. So you never know. No job is too small. No I'm just small. Saying. Well, what were you doing at the Y? Were you doing swim classes or something? Were you doing? No, it? I was working behind the front desk. Oh, your reception. Yeah. Oh, oh so half. I was like a key and locker girl. I basically. The key but I was doing that girl. on weekends as because I, I the thing hey, is. Hey, hey, turn that towel in. Hey, where are you going with that towel? Hey, like I said, no job is too small. So yeah, I, I did that. I was working at this online magazine, also doing the Y. And then I got in with CBC, just, I don't know how I got that. I think initially I just sort of met with somebody and they put, you know, put me to work and said, okay, here's a, you know, write some copy. But um, anyway, I got in there and then I got contracts with CBC, television and radio. And then I got a contract to work up in Whitehorse for a year. So I went from CBC Calgary to CBC Whitehorse and did that. And then I ended up bouncing back to Winnipeg. Well, what did you love about Whitehorse? People go there and they either stay there or, or got to get out of there. Right. Uh, it was great. I mean, the thing about Whitehorse is that it's, it's such a, a small place, it's this community. But there's so much going on. There were this rendezvous festival, it's just sort of like this can-can old west festival. Like they, they actually go around. There was like a, a a 
what do you call it, like a policeman, and he would put people in jail, like just randomly. <laughs> you could just be thrown in jail for whatever. And they'd have silly rules, and they'd have the can-can girls dancing in the saloon. Um, it was wild. So they had this rendezvous festival. I don't know. I just did a lot. I, I played women's hockey out there. Um, I went to Dawson City and worked up there. That's like north of Whitehorse, and they have they have an amazing musical festival up there and they have I don't know just it's just a really it's just an interesting place I would highly recommend going now did the job um, just run out or did you was it time to go it was time to go because my contract ended and there they were go. they said oh, okay well we're you know we don't have money to keep you on and it was kind of that's how CBC operates sort of <laughs> they don't if they keep you on too long they have to hire you and make you permanent. So they rather and give just you benefits through. <laughs> and give you a health plan or something. Yeah, and actually give you benefits and a, and a living wage. So and no, you don't want to do wage. that. <laughs> Are you saying the CBC, a crown corporation, doesn't give you a living well, wage? It. I mean, it's it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. I, mean, I get just it. The CBC, but well, it, you're kind of subcontracted, it, right? So yeah. So okay. I was a contract worker and then that ended. So then I, but I ended up getting another contract in Winnipeg, which brought me home. So it was fine and got to work back in Winnipeg and do radio and TV. So you also went to Bangkok, you told me. Winnipeg. Then after Winnipeg, yeah, I went to Bangkok. I, I just decided, okay, I'm done with Winnipeg. <laughs> so I, my friend was in Australia. So she invited me to come to Australia and then we ended up going to Thailand together and I just stayed. I stayed for five years. So five years. Yeah, you must have loved it in there. What did you love it in Thailand? I did, yeah. It was it was again such an experience, so different than anything I'd ever experienced in my life. Like it's just a crazy city. Um, but I actually worked at a school called Lert Law. And Lert Law is actually um, loosely affiliated with the University of Manitoba. So the man, there's this uh, guy here in Winnipeg who uh, joined forces with this schoolmaster in Thailand and created a bilingual program based on the bilingual curriculum in Manitoba, if that makes any sense. Anyway, there was a lot of Winnipeg teachers at the school. So I got in just through uh, word of mouth from somebody in Winnipeg and I worked there for a year and then I worked at a couple of other schools and then I eventually got hired by the Bangkok Post newspaper because I was teaching in Thailand it was a very different experience it's it's kind of like transporting yourself back in time to 1950 uh, like the women had to wear uniforms and the men didn't um, it was very strict uh, you know kind of system so I was a little bit beaten down by that and I just wanted to go back into journalism. <laughs> beaten down by that. Beaten so, down by do, the Do you still have your the... uniform? Do you still have your uniform? Oh my goodness. I don't I think I burned it. I burned the <laughs> uniform. So and the thing is Thailand is so hot. It was like a hundred degrees on average. Yes. Uh Fahrenheit, but like 30, 40 degrees yeah, 35, Celsius. 40 degrees, yeah. Yeah. And they would make us wear polyester. I thought that was just cool. Well, so so yeah. now you get what a professional baseball player must endure for his millions <laughs> exactly. of dollars. Stretch knit polyester slacks. So, My mom would call them slacks. Look at the slacks on that guy. Anyway. You had to wear polyester slacks or skirts. Ugh. Okay. So now, so you, you leave Thailand at some point here. This sounds like fun though. Like what an adventure you're on. And this is when you come back to Winnipeg. And this isn't this where... Didn't I? I saw you on television. That's why I reconnected with you. I thought, yeah. is Karen Rosnick on TV, on CTV, doing a news what? report or something? And then you started doing investigative kinds of little things. You'd start looking yep. into the despicable little business dealings that some companies were engaging. What was it? like? You came back here, you came back to CBC, or did you yeah. immediately come to CTV? I went to CBC because that's where I had my connections. Yeah. And I had just sort of landed back in Thailand. My grandmother was getting on. She was 102 at the time. Wow. And I felt this this draw to go back and, and be with my grandma. So she lived to be 104. And what an adventure I got she had. Right? What an adventure that must have been, 104 years. 
I know. But I, I actually interviewed her on CBC. So I, I got back and, and worked at CBC for a bit. And my grandma's 104th birthday, we did a story. I pitched my grandma as a story because there was a study that came out about how people are living longer. And I said, well, we could do this study, and but then talk to my grandma. And I interviewed my grandma on her 104th birthday. And you know what she said? I asked her, Grandma, what have you seen in 104 years? And without missing a beat, Mary Campbell said, the beginning of everything. No way. Just digest that for a minute. Well, that's the movie. <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. All at once. She saw it. What a great line, the beginning of everything. And she has seen it, right? She was in that century oh where everything... Like the television. I mean, besides the wheel, I don't know what else. I mean, she's, <laughs> she was born in 1904. I mean, think of all the things, like everything from the television to the internet to, you know, the... Yeah, all the all the advances, all the wars that she's lived through. So, and she also lived, because my mom was born in the US, but she was from Canada. So she also worked on both sides of the border as a, as a school teacher. So she's That's seen amazing. a lot. That's, that must've been magic for you though, to interview your grandma. It was, I was, it was, and she died on Easter Sunday, only like maybe a couple months later. Oh my gosh, but she, how special was that yeah. then? How special was that? So, we got to have that moment together and it was and she's totally in her brain totally intact interviewing smart. yeah her her facility like her her sight she couldn't see her hearing wasn't great but she still knew who i was you know she was slowing down but she was sharp right to the end wow that's pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah. so you're on ctv doing the interview what was the you're doing some of those investigative things and you were yeah was, you were in uh, front of the camera so you're you were physically in front of the camera a lot you like that mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. I, I didn't mind it. Um, I like doing that. So I did a consumer watch segment. So I, yeah, like you, you're saying, I'd go after shady businesses <laughs> or I'd take them down, um, expose it all on CTV. So I would, uh, but I, yeah, I, I didn't mind it. Um, it wasn't necessarily my most favorite thing. I always had a little bit of stage fright. Um, so I always got a little bit of ner like nerves before I go on camera. Of course, and then of course. It depends. Yeah, it depended on what I was doing. I liked being live in the scene. I didn't like being in a studio, but I definitely liked being live out and about talking to people. I thought that was so fun for me. So you like to be in Puxatawney with, 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 with the <laughs> yeah. groundhog or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. On the field talking, to, talking about groundhogs. That's right. That's <laughs> awesome. So part of this is I like that. I mean... Your life is taking all these little twists and turns constantly, right? And of course, oh, you mentioned to me, I won't go into heavy detail about this, but you mentioned, that of course, you met a boy, and um, which is all, you know, the downfall of every woman, okay? Is, <laughs> is, is meeting a guy and then a guy dragging you off to another port of call. And so when you get there, eventually you get there. Um, you don't have to go into detail about what happened, but it's fun. Um, you. You, you followed this gentleman to a space because you were in, you were looking in a space in, on vacation almost, right? On, in Denver? Yeah. In Colorado? Yeah, I was on, I was, well, no, I was in California. So I was in Santa Monica. Oh, right, right, okay. Uh, well, LA, I was basically in LA because uh, I had dual citizenship and was thinking, well, where can I go that it's warm and, you know, not, Winnipeg and <laughs> LA, of course, everyone wants to go to LA. <laughs> Don't so, leave you yeah, two. Don't I, leave. I Hang out as LA long theater. as you can. Don't leave. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. So I, I, I just decided LA was the place. I, I'd been there a couple of times visiting a friend and just thought, okay, I'll park myself here for two weeks and happened to meet my now boyfriend on a date in Santa Monica and we hit it off. And lo and behold, all of a sudden, I'm now moving to LA. Like it only took about four months, but you know what happened? There was a snowstorm in April. <laughs> it was a massive snowstorm. This was eight years ago. In LA? And I thought, that's my sign. I in need LA? to get out of In LA, you had the snowstorm? No, in Winnipeg. In Winnipeg, of course, yeah. Although, didn't California get some big snow the other month? 
It did. It was like snowing and raining and crazy weather. Okay. So. So you never know. I wasn't well, not there anymore. Okay. So I ended up. Yeah, we, I ended up moving to LA, getting some work um, with. Oh, I worked a lot of places. I did a lot of like. So you've had to media. sell yourself. You've had to sell yourself constantly. Yeah. How important is that to these young, these two young co-hosts here? sitting here relaxing they're sitting in the chair they're you know they're just relaxing <laughs> headphones on how important is it to sell yourself and to learn how to do that oh it's huge i had to really get schooled on um resume writing because i wanted to put everything in the kitchen sink of my experience on a piece of paper and they were these resume you know consultants were like no you you have to almost tailor your resume to the job which means sometimes creating different resumes for every position you're applying to make them, you know, targeted. And she's like, we don't care about your experience from 15 years ago. And I'm like, why? But they're like, no, it's not relevant. And it, it also makes you seem like a dinosaur. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to like trick them into thinking that you're fresh, young, and you have all the skills and the only the skills that's really required for the job. So the easiest way to do that is look at a job, uh, what do you call it? What their, you know, the their profile. requirements are. Yeah, the job profile. The job profile and just write to that. So if they say, you know, social media experience, you write in your thing, social media experience, but this is the kinds of social media experience I have. Like you would just zone in on what they're looking for. And because a lot of times now when you're applying for a job, it's not even a person scanning your resume, it's a computer. I like, it. I like it. Through. And then if all the keywords come up that match the job description, you're in. Well, and you just, I want to tell you the impact of your statements. These two pulled out their notebooks when you were talking on that one. So well, very good. Karen, look at the impact you've had on two people. Right oh, here. I, I, yeah. I mean. I, you woke them up. I like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that is the key. It's almost like trickery in a way. But it is, I like that you, you said that. It is a game, isn't it? To, it's a bit of a game, isn't it? It is a game. Because it is a game. It's not about, oh, I'm the best person. And uh, and if you don't have the skills, find a way to acquire those skills. You know, even if it means volunteering or uh, managing your little brother's social media account for a week, you know, <laughs> like find a way to get yourself in, in you know, well-versed in skills that maybe you're not comfortable with. I had to do that with social media. I had to become a social media manager. I had done a lot of social media work through broadcast. So I was tweeting and Instagramming and Facebooking and all that stuff. Um, but then I had to learn about all these other programs. Um, now it's TikTok and, you know, all Twitch. And so you just have to like dive in, immerse yourself, get good. And you guys, I mean, younger people now, social media is what they, they're born with like smartphones, right? <laughs> in their in their hands. So. Oh, it was cool. uh yeah so you're living in denver that that's great advice by the way i'll, I'll be sharing that with the rest of the uh, broadcast media students okay. and i'll tell them to listen to this podcast um if for another if for no other reason than to learn how to get a good resume in shape uh but lots of neat things you're saying um so when you you go on the vacation to denver you fall in love with the place your your significant other finds a job fairly quickly, right? Yes, uh, in, in, in his case, yes. found a job. And then you have to look around and you told me you worked for, was that like one of those shopping channels you worked for? Slightly, it looks like a, it looks like a daytime talk show. <laughs> and it was called Colorado and Company. And it, you sit down and there's guests that come on, but they're all selling something. So it's, it's a pay to play is what they call it in the US or it's basically like a sales show, but it's not direct. Like here's the, it is a little bit, but it's set up like a talk show. Yes. And so I was hired to be their fill in host and correspondent, which meant I did a lot of live stuff and I'd go out to different. So if there was a community festival going on, I would go out to that or I would go out to, sometimes I'd go to a business, um, and you know, do a live from their business and talk about what they're selling and here's their product. So that's what I did. Well, that's pretty cool because it also connected you to, you said down the hallway was the Party Blast Daily live. Blast Live. 
what's it called? The daily, the party blast. Daily blast. Live. I don't know. That was the Freudian yeah. slip. That no, was a Freudian we don't slip. love the name. It came up in a in a focus group, and we're stuck with it. But yeah, Daily Blast Live is a national talk show. Uh, again, and like I came upon it. Show. It's crazy because just before I talked to you the week before, I clicked on it on television. I thought, what is this? I'm in the Minnesota Care space, there, right? Yeah. Care Eleven, and I I couldn't believe how cool this little show was. I thought, here's a little gem of a show. And you had five people on. It was like The View kind of thing, right? Exactly. So what yeah, is that like? Like what is, So now you're doing a version of The View. Now I'm doing a version of The View. And we're, we're on uh, like five days a week. And we do three shows uh, live in our studio. And I'm a senior producer. So I, I basically come up with all the content. So all the things that they're saying come up with those stories. I write the script. So what you see in their teleprompter, what they read is my words I've typed out for them. Um, then we have to put video together. We have to sometimes come up with graphics and we have to clear. So anything we get from social media or from YouTube, we have to clear through our legal department. So yes. we can't just take things off the internet and throw it up on TV. Yeah, Everything has to be vetted and cleared by a legal team and they give us the okay or sometimes they say no you can't and sometimes we have to purchase things like photos and things like that so it's a big game that's the majority of my time is is managing that um and then once it's cleared we have associate producers that edit it all um on premiere that's the editing software we use and so and then uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, everything gets blasted out on Daily Blast Live. Hey, I love that. That's you like that? You like what you're doing? I like it because it's exciting and it's live, and I don't have homework usually. So everything you do that day is is done that day. So, like you're, so, you're so the Donald Trump deadline. the Donald Trump arraignment would be your topic if that was going on today. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's yeah. um, so it's it's daily news. It's basically everything is hap that's happening today. We we brought it up, and then tomorrow is a whole new day. Pretty cool. Hey, so let me think about this. Influential people in your life who's impacted you on this path that made a big difference. I call it. I've written an article about it called "The Tap on the Shoulder." Who's tapped you on the shoulder? Well, I think um, I think a lot is my teachers in high school that allowed uh, me to play or it allowed me to be myself, you know, yourself included. We mentioned Brother Richard. Um, I had an a English teacher in high school who was a, a very influential and wanted me to go into journalism. He was kind of that guy to like Good. nudge me Good. and say, you know, so Mr. Savitsky, definitely. And him. then, what's that? I know him. Yes. Ms. Yeah. So he was my English teacher in grade 12, and he actually had developed a journalism program that year. And so I awesome. was in it with Julie, awesome. my friend from ZB. But um, so he was definitely very influential. And then I had like that, uh, I'll never forget her, the, the woman, the news director for CBC, Helen Henderson, mm. who saw me at the Y and said, hey, you should come work for us. See, that's amazing, That right? set me off. But that on only happens that only happens I, because you're out there doing good work and you're putting your best self forward no matter how you know potentially menial the job may be to you at that moment right you're you're yeah. giving it everything i love that it's a great message there for students and, and, she, and for people she immediately saw like the script that i read and she went oh you get this like you get the tone you get what we're trying to do here like she saw me like oh like you're you're, you're going to be okay. And I've never forgotten that. That's awesome. And that led me to where I am today, I would honestly say. All right. So that's, what would you tell a grade 11 kid right now? If you were sitting in front of them, what you've learned, your journey, which is crazy. It's a crazy journey, but a, a wonderful journey. It is about, when we talk about adventures in career land, you're, you embody this. It has been an adventure. Yeah. So what would, wow. you, what would you tell a grade uh, 11 kid? I mean, there's really no wrong decision you're going to make. And even if you do think you made the wrong decision, that's only going to lead you to the right decision. And it will lead you to where you are meant to be. 
And I mean that, I know that sounds cliche and it maybe sounds kind of vague, but I am telling you, I, I stressed out so much over making the right decision and just make a decision. Whether it was going to yes. Thailand and leaving my career behind, being in Thailand too long and being told that you're, you're going to be irrelevant when you come back to Canada. None of that happened. And I, you know, and also I would say just always be a good employee. Yeah. Like never, don't ever burn bridges, no matter how bad you feel you're being treated or don't ever burn a bridge because the media world in Canada is super small. And if somebody's being a bully to you at the workplace, you will eventually end up maybe being their boss one day. So you always have, I always just kept my nose down, did good work, always was like a good employee, always worked really hard and just, yeah, like, like it was always easy to work with. People always say that, like you're, you're easy to work with. You don't, you know, create a lot of drama and it served me well. So you know be what? a nice Canadian. <laughs> be a nice Canadian. That's perfect. That's a good, Hey, we're going to, I'm going to throw this over to Caitlin. She's going to give you something. We're going to end this with quick cues. She's going to ask you a bunch of questions and she's going to explain how this works. Caitlin, take this. Okay, so quick cues are basically a bunch of rapid-fire questions. You can just choose which one you prefer, and if you don't have an answer, you can just say skip, and I'll move on to the next one. Um, okay. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Orange juice or apple juice? Apple juice. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Favorite social media? Oh, I'm I'm an old relic. I'm gonna have to say Facebook. Oh no, no, TikTok, TikTok. I'm a TikTok girl now. <laughs> uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. Cow's milk or almond milk? Oh, can I say oat milk? Yeah. Okay. Um, hot dog or burger? Burger. Starbucks or Tim Hortons? Starbucks. Shows or movies? Mmm, shows. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Cake or pie? Pie. And the last question, what is your favorite podcast? Oh, it has to be Adventures in Career. Definitely. <laughs> 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 hey, you even got, of course, that. there's only one answer to that one. We even got Kate. <laughs> Kate's kind of going, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and remember, he's our Indiana Jones, so he's got that whip over here, and we have to be very careful. <laughs> To make sure we take care of Caden. Anyway, you know what, Karen? This was a this was a lot of fun. So many insights. What a what a life you've led. And I was again, it's serendipity of me to see you on television and go, oh my gosh, is that Karen Rosnick? I couldn't even remember your last name. Karen, 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 Karen. And then I looked up and went, it's Karen Rosnick. So that was it was my great fortune to connect with you again, honestly. And we've kept in touch a little bit over LinkedIn and stuff. LinkedIn's a great program. My, yeah. my young minions. It's a great program to uh, pro professionally just to connect with people. And the conversations are always civil and there's nothing you'd be ashamed of putting on LinkedIn. And you know I mean? can I just add a little plug for LinkedIn? I got my job in Denver because I linked in the news director at Nine News in Denver because we had mutual friends. How cool is and that? And that's how I got my job in Denver. So, and, and many of her jobs have been the result of people seeing her in action and connecting with others. And, and reaching out. Don't be afraid out. to reach out. I Aim high. I love it. So, more lessons. How many lessons do you have here? You should be... I know. I've just, yeah, just DM me. I'll, I'll Again, you should be writing some self-help book, I think. I, I, okay. I, I think you would help everybody. I'm gonna, you're going to write the forward to mine, okay? It's going to be okay. forward by Sounds Karen good. Rosnick. Yeah, he was a moron. I have no idea why I'm writing this. And Anyway, <laughs> it was good. Karen, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. You're a gem, and fun. now I'm hooked on the, the Daily Blast Live. <laughs> on CARE 11 in Minnesota. But this is your show, I'm, I'm so impressed. I, I know your parents say it all the time, but as an old teacher, I'm just, I'm so proud of you for doing this. This is for sharing your story oh, here, but you. your path, nothing gets you down. You just move, you iterate, you change, and you take what you learned in the past and bring it to your next assignment. So, so cool. How exciting for you. That's I, how you do it. I think so. So, hey, thanks yeah. a lot. What a pleasure Thank to have you, you. on. And thanks to my co-hosts, 
who have been listening, they actually took notes during your thing. I, I'm, I'm moved. My heart is warm because of, I've given them a notebook, but kids don't take notes anymore. But they are. They're taking notes. I'm so excited. And thanks to our producer. And to Mr. Curry, who came from a sick bed to make sure our tech was in shape this morning. So appreciate that. So Phoenix, who's working in the booth, thanks very much. She's been talking in my ear saying, you're going a little long. And I said, well, sometimes when you got a great guest, you go a little long. Anyway, that's it. Everybody, and to our uh, 10 or 11 uh, listeners out there, we think we did, this was a doozy. We hope you had enjoyed it, and we'll see you again. Another edition of Adventures in Careerland! Mm -hmm.